are Locked On Tar Heels, your daily podcast on the UNC Tar Heels, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Park the sound at your favorite Tar Heel voice. Welcome to Locked On Tar Heels. As always, it's a great day to be a Tar Heel. I'm your host, Candace Cooper. Thank you so much for joining me today. Do yourself a favor. Make sure you download, subscribe to Locked On Tar Heels podcast from anywhere. You can also join the fun via Twitter by following at Locked On Heels or me personally at Candace D. Cooper. So here's what I have on tap for your day. Carolina picks up another win against Pitt. And how are we feeling about the heels? I know some of us are super excited. We're over eager, but I'm going to need y'all to calm down. Because y'all already know how it is. Like Roy Williams said, you're never going to say they've turned the corner. And I agree. you got to keep them on and straight and narrow. And let's talk about it, right? Turnovers are still an issue. There still was an opportunity for Pitt to come back into the game ultimately. So let's talk about things that Carolina still must fix. All right, let's jump right into it. Happy Wednesday. I hope you're having a great start to your week. We're halfway through. We're almost to Friday, right? We're almost to the weekend. Feeling good. Having some great activities in your home because it's still a panoramic. So we're still trying to figure out how to survive. But I'm saying there are great games, indoor games you can play play with your family you can do zoom calls all that good stuff just stay inside and wash your hands that's my spiel for today right so let's kick it back a bit right I want to tell you about the three keys to victory that I had mentioned yesterday that I wanted to ensure that the Tar Heels followed we'll see if it all came true right so my first one was trust your shot right they had to do it right but do it right the first time UNC is so great at second chance opportunities but it would so be nice if they could just execute the plays on on the first time and arguably Carolina did better than we're used to seeing right so it wasn't an oppor- it wasn't a thing where they had to get those offensive rebounds and try again there was a lot of great moments where plays were executed from start to finish number two leaky black and the defenders I needed Leakey and company to ensure that they were going to play one of their best defensive performances and not let Champagne and company get out of whack. And Justin had a decent game, but we certainly held him in a way that I feel good about Carolina's defense. It got a little shaky, ain't gonna lie. But we picked it back up ultimately, and Leakey, despite not having some, you know, monster points on the night, he certainly helped the team defensively. Finally, I said number three, wing help. We got to have the wings step up tonight. I was looking more from Andrew Playtech and company, but man, my guy Curran Walden putting up 10 points, especially hitting threes when we needed it. I was certainly pleased with the performance from the outside, right? I said, we got to make it rain tonight, and I felt like their final score was going to be 82 to 80. I got a little aggressive. Right? I ain't gonna lie. I got a little aggressive based on how I felt like Carolina was performing, based on how I felt like Pitt at times was looking. It's cool. I'll live to see another day. The final score ended up being 75-65, but Carolina kept it close, you know, for the most part, and so slowly started to find their groove. Pitt got back into that game, and I was getting a little bit worried, not gonna lie to you, but thanks be to the good one that Carolina was able to pull it off. Now, as I had mentioned, Pitt sophomore forward Justin Champagne was named the ACC Player of the Week for the second consecutive week Monday, right? North Carolina guard Caleb Love had earned ACC Freshman of the Week accolades. Caleb was the third Tar Heel to receive that honor to start the 2020-2021 season. 
The game features four of the top five. The game had featured four of the top five offensive rebounders. And so we all knew it was going to be a battle of the boards between Dayron, Justin, Armando, and Adiz Tony. Surprisingly so from Justin, considering he's not nearly as tall as the rest of the crew, but he was certainly holding his own on the boards last night. Carolina was looking at a 10-5 and record before yesterday's game and 5-3 and in the ACC. They were coming off a Wake Forest and NC State win at home. And those wins were the those wins were the first this season in which UNC has scored 80-plus points. So you see why I was feeling good about our field goal percentage. But it's okay. I'm humble now. I'll come on back down to earth. Pittsburgh was 8-3 and three before yesterday and 4-2 and two in the ACC play. The Panthers have been 3-1 and one since New Year's, beating Syracuse twice and Duke, losing by a point at Wake Forest on January 23rd. Now, when you looked at it from an entire landscape, right Carolina was 14 and 5 against Pitt including 7 and 4 since Pittsburgh joined the ACC Carolina was 5 and 2 at Pittsburgh 1 and 0 at Fitzgerald Fieldhouse 2 and 0 at the Civic Arena and 2 and 2 at Peterson Center Roy Williams was 7 and 4 against the Panthers as UNC's head coach and 8 and 4 overall and Pitt had won two in a row so they were looking for their third win in program history Sorry, hate to break it to you, but it's hard to beat Carolina three times in a row. And that Carolina beating Carolina twice last year, I get it. We were not the team of old. We were not the program of old last year. It wasn't going to happen this year. We solidified over and over. I say again, these boys are not that. They're not the 2019-2020 team who just could not get it together. It's just a whole different landscape. UNC's current two-game losing streak to Pitt followed a six-game winning streak for the Tar Heels, right? So they felt a little low came back and dominate for six games. Now look at Carolina, six out of seven wins. They are feeling themselves. Don't want them to feel themselves too much because we all know when Carolina gets into a little groove, I feel like it's something about Carolina Hoyas. I say this about Carolina football all the time. Whenever Carolina starts to feel themselves, that's when they start messing up. When they start reading the Twitter polls too much, people hyping them up, gassing them a little too much, that's when they start to feel a little too comfortable and they don't execute, right? And we all know, especially as unique as this year is, the ACC play, the ACC schedule, it's any given day, anybody can have it, right? Not only that, but you don't get, you didn't get those tune-up matches, right, where you could just play, you know, random teams like a college of Charleston and Elon, all that good stuff. Nah, you had to come out and dominate. Yes, Carolina obviously got to play college of Charleston, but you see my point. It's like you don't get to play the scrub teams to try and get build confidence necessarily. So Carolina, unfortunately, was thrown into the fire, which means our freshmen were thrown into the fire. But as Coach Williams says, 60-plus practices later, you're no longer a freshman. Get it together. Okay, and that's the way he put it kindly. Now, I had mentioned one point I really want to highlight about the overall view before I dive really into the game, scores, stats, and all that later. I always said Garrison Brooks was ready for his come-out game. And I feel like he, he dabbed the pinky toe into what he is fully uh, capable of, right? We saw a little glimpse of that preseason ACC player of the year, right? We saw a little taste of what maybe it is to see for the rest of the year. I don't know. I'm feeling good about it. It wasn't great, but there's something about Pittsburgh that really gets Garrison Brooks going because he had one of his best nights so far this year. Now, I want to note, right, I didn't predict it right, but I'm still fine with the fact that I went super hard for my squad. 
my over under I didn't think that Carolina was I did think Carolina was going to get over 141 which was the point spread at bet online dot she the over under on bet online that ag but I'm cool with that as long as Carolina gets the win at the end of the day can't always be perfect but we can have a you know, slight, slightly better prediction. I can always get better, right? So 75-65. Carolina winning by 10, I certainly did not expect that. By the way, Pittsburgh beat Duke. By the way, that they've been playing very closely to every single team this season. And if anything, that indicates to me that Carolina-Duke come next Saturday is going to be a whole lot better and maybe more dominant from the Carolina end that people are expecting. I'm just feeling Carolina at the moment, right? I'm feeling good about the team. Maybe it's because I've been eating good lately. I've been taking care of myself and I've been really keen on my fitness journey, but I'm feeling great about the Tar Heels. As all of you know, since I retired from swimming, I have been looking for great trees to stay fit, but keep me nice and toned. That's why I've leaned on Built Bar because it's the best tasting protein bar ever. I'm trying to tell you, 18 amazing flavors that are 100% covered in chocolate. Built Bar is even more delicious. If you're a health conscious person like me, you'll enjoy Built Bar because it's low calorie, low sugar, high fiber, and great for the keto diet. Go to BillBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get 20% off your next order. Get more of the sports news you need in less time with our Locked On Today podcast. Peter Bukowski hosts Locked On Today, a daily podcast breaking down the biggest stories with analysis from our local experts. Start your day with all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes. Subscribe to Locked On Today wherever you get podcasts. So let's talk about the game, right? It was pretty much all Tar Heels. Early on, of course, it was back and forth. Everybody tried to figure out, you know, what they got going. But the Tar Heels seemed to be on a roll for the entire game, which is what we love to see. They opened up the half 34-27 and then finished the game strong 41-38. to Again, as I mentioned, Pittsburgh got back into that thing. But the Heels were able to hold them off, which is at the end of the day, all you need. Carolina shot 52% from the field and while Pitt was held to just 41% from three, though, Carolina stunk it up 23%, while Pittsburgh was dominant at 40%. Free throws, Carolina only made half of those bad boys, shooting a 50% even, while Pittsburgh was 76%. So you see why they were able to sneak their way back into that game. Rebounds, though, Carolina out-rebounded the Panthers 37-29. to But those turnovers, every time. Hit or miss, you you might get lucky if you have more turnovers in the next crew and able to pull out a win. Carolina had 13 while the Panthers had 11. So I'm feeling like, okay, it's good that you're bringing them down, but under double digits would be awesome. Only it's happened about one to two times this season if I have my calculations correctly. Carolina is certainly trying to get better at not stop making those mental mistakes, but they are not doing a great job overall. So that's why I truly believe, like Roy Williams, the whole turn the corner thing is rough. Okay. Now, when it came to score leaders, Armando had 21 points, followed by Garrison with 16, Curran with 10, and Caleb with 8. How do they do, though? Let's talk about it, right? Overall, I think the scoring definitely reflected how strong the performance were was by most of the men. Caleb Love was certainly off with shooting from three from 10 on the night, but he was helping offensively to facilitate with his five assists. His only having one turnover. 
I can appreciate that, right? I can, I'll take that. And then you had our bigs dominating the boards. You had Armando with three, Garrison with one, Dayron with one, even Walker Kessler in there for only a minute and a half of the game, but had a block. So it was nice to see our guys from the big inside the paint doing their thing. Speaking of inside the paint, Carolina had 48 points to Pittsburgh's 32. They were just dominant. They finally, you know, what's the word I'm looking for? Give me the verb. Come on, people. I know you're talking to me in your head. You're like, Candace, what's the verb you're looking for? Not, it's not just a dominant presence, right? It's something about the way they just made you feel like you were less than in the paint. They made, they hurt your feelings, hurt your pride a little bit, thinking that you were going to get that rebound. That was cute. But it won't go happen, right? And that's exactly what Carolina's bigs did throughout the entire night. Now, when you look at points from turnovers, Pittsburgh had nine as opposed to Carolina's six. I will say, though, you know, as much as I get flack for the turnovers, I'm glad Carolina was back, was able to get back on defense and at least make up for their mistakes on the other end of the floor, right? When it came to second chance points, Carolina had 18 to Pittsburgh's nine fast break points. Carolina had eight to Pittsburgh's six. And the bench, we all love a good bench performance. And as I say again, Anthony Harris is a spark that Carolina always needs. R.J. Davis with himself as well. Carolina had 15 points to Pittsburgh's eight. So Carolina is figuring it out slowly but surely, figuring out their rhythm, figuring out their starters. As we're gearing up to head quickly into February, you'll blink, you'll miss it, and then we get into March. I'm hoping that this rotation will certainly get solidified and we can figure out how Carolina is going to dominate and get into that Final Four and possibly win a championship for the Tar Heels. Again, overall, pleased with the performance, pleased with the minute distributions. The guys who were out there the longest did their best to hold us down. The only, you know, asterisk I would say would be Leaky Black, who again didn't have as much points as I may have hoped for, but he helped certainly from a defensive point of view. So we can certainly give him credit for that. So all credit to the Heels, right? Because at the end of the day, like I always say, it's a bunch of kids playing free in a pandemic. I'm going to enjoy it for what it is. But it's even better when you win. Now let's talk about players to watch. We had been adamant about the fact that we had to be, you know, keen on certain players and how they were going to perform on the night. Of course, Justin Champagne, as I mentioned, had been consecutive player of the week. Same as almost last year to the T and the date of Joel Berry the second. So he was holding it down. Justin had 23 points on the night. When I look at Athiel Horton, okay, he had 12 points. Remember, he had the team high 20 three-pointers going into the night, and he certainly two for five from three was helping the Panthers stay in the game. Xavier Johnson helped his group with seven points, holding it down from a defensive front, as well as Adiz Tony, who finished the night with eight points. And then you got Abdul Kareem Kulbili. Sorry, you know, we talked about it. We talked about it. I'm working on the name since. But he had seven points again, holding it down from a rebounding standpoint and getting a couple blocks in there. So it's all about Carolina, again, figuring out how to, yes, let's allow you to get in the game, but not allow you to stay in the game. So their players to watch certainly did enough, but it wasn't enough. 
<laughs> when it's all said and done. But hopefully Carolina can keep this mentality going, right? They have to keep the energy of feeling like they can dominate performances and be good for the squad. But when you look at it overall, how are you feeling about the heels? Let's talk about it, right? How are you feeling overall with the team? And where, are the ceiling really the roof? Let's, let's, have, let's have the conversation. Do we feel like this is a championship squad or is the Gonzagas, the Texases, the Baylors of the world, they're still right in there, the Villanovas, they're going to give us problems come March, maybe even April. We're going to talk about that next on Locked on Tar Heels. There's only one place that has you covered and one place that I trust, and that is betonline.ag. If you are getting into this betting world, I promise you, you will get super excited about betonline.ag because they've got everything you need. If you sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag, use that promo code locked on for your 50% welcome bonus. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Don't forget to use that promo code locked on to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Now, 2020 is mercifully over. It's time for a fresh start and a few more wins. If you're betting this year and want more wins, listen to Locked On Bets with your boy Q and Lee Sterling of Paramount Sports. They are picking up basketball, football, college basketball, NBA locks all winter long. Subscribe to Locked On Bets wherever you get podcasts. So, let's round out today's show. Again, Carolina winning its six out of seventh game to Against Pitt, winning 75-65, to 65, they are now 11-5 on the season. They are 6-3 in the ACC. They are moving in ways of which, if you had told me this Carolina team was going to dominate this year the way that they have, I certainly wouldn't have believed you. So I'm just feeling like, you know, when it's all said and done, I'm feeling good about the heels. Not feeling great about the heels, but I'm feeling good about the heels. As Roy had mentioned, we can't get too confident, can't get too cocky. Matter of fact, let's take a listen to what our man Roy had to say. Well, needless to say, I thought it was huge. The first half, we were like 10 for 15 between uh, Garrison and Armando, and our starting three perimeter players were like two for 10. So we emphasized it again at halftime, and we should throw it into those big guys. And then when they throw it back out, it'll be a better shot. To, uh, but I think we did a great job of getting it to them in the second half. They had a difficult time handling our big guys inside, and uh, I think that was a key point in the game. The other key point to me, Coach Robinson said, is that Every time they made a run, we answered it. And I think that that was a big thing, too, because we can't shoot four for 17 from the three-point line and seven for 14 from the foul line. Uh, But we luckily got by today because, you know, they didn't shoot it much better at six for 15. I think overall the heels are on their way, but they're not there yet. I think you get, you know, recency bias and assume because you haven't seen a great Carolina team in a while. You think, oh, my gosh, the team's back. We're so, so good. Eh, let's hold our, you know, hold your britches. Let's let's dial it back real quick. Let's make sure that we're feeling, getting all of our ducks in a row because we're still turning over the ball like it's some hotcakes, like we're just selling them out like paper. Like we got to bring it on in a little bit better than we're doing, right? We have to reel it in, dial it back because good teams make you pay for turnovers. Decent teams might get back, you know, in the game and might make it closer than it should appear. 
but great teams make you pay every time you turn over. If Carolina had played up against a Gonzaga team, I almost promise you of the 13 turnovers they had, Gonzaga would have capitalized on 10 of them. So Carolina has to think about those things. I still think, despite Luka Garza being overrated, Iowa would still shoot us out of the gym. So can we still figure out how to guard the three better? Those are the kind of things that while I still believe Carolina's great, I'm like, keep it humble. Let me bring it down to earth, okay? Because I don't want you to get too big for your britches and then be super sad when you're out of the ACC tourney round two and you're barely squeaking in the NCAA tournament off the strength of politics, right? We don't want that. We want to go on merit, and we want to go because we're a great team and all that good stuff. So all those things to keep in mind as you're rolling through the week as we're prepping for yet another match of the Tar Heels are gearing up for yet another opportunity to show themselves worthy in the ACC. They've got an opportunity to be great against Clemson or Notre Dame, excuse me, on January 30th in Clemson coming up, and then Duke next Saturday. So here we are, figuring it out one step at a time, sweet lord. So that's all I got for you guys today. Make sure you download, subscribe to the podcast from anywhere you listen to podcasts. I know you've heard good news about Locked On, all the good things coming with the Tecna partnership and how Tecna has acquired Locked On. Still means you get me. I know you're super excited about it. Maybe we'll have, you know, some bigger guest as we gear up but for now you're stuck with the kid and I'm sure that'll do you just fine so we'll keep it rolling as I know more I'm sure I'll share more because we're family here this group at Locked on Tar Heels make sure you're following at Locked on Heels for all the latest updates we live tweet games and we just talk as a community and all that good stuff so I appreciate y'all again make sure you're staying smart and safe out there please wear your mask All that good stuff you already know. If you see some snow tomorrow, make sure you just bundle up, right? Because we don't need any sickness. We rebuke all of that, okay? Have a great evening. And then again, as we always say and end it, go Heels. You are Locked on Tar Heels, your daily podcast on the UNC Tar Heels. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day.